Has the devil won in your life? Has he convinced you that prayer doesn't work and that if you want to see change happen, change in your family, in your school, in your neighborhood, in the government, in the culture, that you must roll up your sleeves, dive into the middle of the dysfunction, and fix it yourself? Well, that's what I want to talk about in this week's spiritual focus of the Midweek Connection, October 26th, 2022. talk about prayer, I need to share a few announcements with you. I have three uh, to bring to you today. Number one, Family Worship Sunday. Each month that has a fifth Sunday, TMC takes that fifth Sunday to invite the whole family to gather in the worship center uh, to uh, join together in song and teaching from God's Word as a family. And so we believe that it's really a, a good thing for children to join their parents to see them worshiping and learning and also to experience what church will be like for them when they grow up. Additionally, we think that family worship gives us a, a great opportunity to incorporate children into active leadership and service roles. And so to that end, this Sunday, the welcome greeting that begins our worship gathering each week is going to be given by two of our TMC children. Additionally, two young ladies who lead in worship and children's ministry are going to join Will and the worship team on stage to help lead the song titled, Lord, I Need You. And also, several of our TMC kids will help with hospitality ministries this coming weekend. I must say that I'm excited to see our children stepping out to serve and lead, and I believe that you'll be blessed by what they add to our gathering. So I want to encourage you to be present as we worship our God as a family of families. Number two, baptism. I'm extending the invitation to anyone who desires to make their faith in Jesus public through baptism to identify themselves because on Sunday, November the 20th, during our annual Thanksgiving celebration, we're going to have our next opportunity uh, for folks to be baptized. Now, if you're interested in being baptized, it all starts with connecting with me or Miss Tracy or with Pastor Adam. And from there, we'll get you started on creating your baptism testimony and helping you with other details that get you moving toward your public profession of faith. Now, Sunday, November the 20th is just around the corner, so please reach out and connect if you are interested. And number three, Operation Christmas Child. Now, we kicked off the 2022 OCC season last Sunday, and many of you stopped by the OCC table and picked up a shoebox to get yourself started. I'm excited about that. Now, boxes are going to be available for you to pick up each Sunday through November the 6th. And then we'll collect the boxes and have a time of dedication on Sunday, November the 13th. Now, FFC, First Federated Church, and TMC, the Mission Church, has packed over the years over 11,772 shoeboxes. We've done that since 1999. So I'm hoping that we'll make our 24th year a memorable one 
as we share God's love and gospel with children around the world. Well, that's what I have this week for announcements. Let's turn our attention now to the spiritual focus. Now, I don't want to be misunderstood when it comes to the dysfunctions that we see around us, whether it be in our family, our neighborhood, schools, culture in general, or our government. There most definitely is a need to roll up our sleeves and get to work to affect change. The concern that I have, though, is not in our doing that, but in what we so oftentimes do not do. What we do, it seems, is we gripe and we complain and we write letters and we march in protest and we support candidates for office that we think will affect the change that we're looking for. And then we wring our hands in anticipation of what might happen next. Well, again, I'm not against some of those things. They certainly have their place. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we have a unique privilege uh, of being able to have direct access to God in prayer because of our relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. But so few of us engage in prayer to affect change. The Apostle Paul was an important mentor to young Timothy, whom he discipled to become a faithful follower of Jesus, as well as to become an effective pastor to a congregation of believers. In his letter to Timothy, uh, Paul addressed and emphasized the importance of prayer in the life of the individual Christian, as well as the body of Christ as a whole. And he instructed Timothy about whom he should pray for and how to pray. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 are the scriptures I want us to take a look at. Verse 1, Paul writes, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, I want you to take note of whom Paul encourages Timothy to lead his people to pray for. The first uh, category is simply put, all people. Now, who does all people include? Well, it includes spouse and children, extended family, neighbors, friends, fellow students, your pastor, uh, your fellow Christians, even your enemies, Jesus said. In other words, there is a world of people in need of, of everything from healing to financial provision to salvation and even spiritual growth. And as followers of Jesus, we're called to be people of prayer, uh, lifting the needs of the world around us to the Father. But notice that Paul gives special attention also to kings and to those who are in high positions, meaning government leaders and officials. Now, I thank God that we don't have to deal with sovereign monarchs in the United States. Instead, we have men and women who, for the most part, are elected by the people they serve. And you know what's really great about elected officials? Well, if we don't like the job they're doing, we can unelect them, right? <laughs> well, that right there really is a wonderful right that we have 
as citizens of this great land. Accordingly, though, I can't help but think about the election day that is coming up in 13 days. Now, I'm going to be transparent and say that there are many elected officials that I hope will become unelected and replaced with men and women who are more closely aligned with our Constitution and the Bible. But what about prayer? What role does prayer have in all of that? Well, Paul mentions four types of prayer, and I want to identify them as we begin to answer the question, what does prayer have to do with all of that? Number one, he mentions supplications. To supplicate, supplications there means to plead, to beg. When we uh, offer supplications, there's a certain urgency that is associated with, uh, with our prayer, uh, a certain fervency. It reminds me of James chapter 5, verse 16. The New King James Version says that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. And so he talks about supplications, but then he talks about prayers. <laughs> well, basically that word simply means to ask. It means to make requests of God. And so it's a type of prayer. Supplication is all about urgency and fervency and, and prayers in general is about asking and requesting. But then he mentions number three, intercessions which means to speak on behalf of another. And this is prayer that is not focused on you, but on the welfare of another. And then finally, he mentions thanksgivings. And of course, this should be self-explanatory. In our pleading, in our asking, in our interceding, we need to take time to remember, to acknowledge, uh, to thank God for prayers already answered. Uh, simply put, we cannot allow our prayer to only be asking, we must also be thanking. Okay, so let's apply this to the upcoming elections since we are to pray for those in high positions of authority. First, what about those government officials that you can't stand? <laughs> and you and I both know, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Now, we're talking about those who are rarely honest, those who stand for things that are ungodly, things that are immoral, things that are unethical, things that are unconstitutional. Have you ever thought that God might want you to plead for their spiritual transformation? Seriously. Do you ever ask the Holy Spirit to bring conviction of sin and faith in Christ to those politicians who you hate? Okay, all right, I know, hate's a strong word, who you really don't like. And why would we not plead with the Lord for their soul? You know, it only stands the reason if they became a follower of Christ. Uh, we can't help but think that they would become better government leaders. And what about general prayers for godly leadership to rise to the top and be elected to office? Do you ask God to raise up a, a generation of godly leaders? Do you make requests to God to remove certain leaders who refuse to lead in a godly constitutional way? And what about intercessions? Are you interceding for the health, the discernment, the wisdom, for the families, for the protection of leaders in our government? Or intercede for our nation, that righteousness would prevail and that wickedness would be judged. 
you know, these are ways that we're instructed to pray. And what about thanksgivings? When our leaders make good decisions, are you grateful? Do you thank God for his working behind the scenes to bring good things into play? Prayer is a wonderful privilege as well as a powerful weapon with which to do battle with the enemy of our soul. Now, I asked at the beginning of this uh, midweek connection if the devil is winning in your life. Now, if you're not praying as we are instructed in this passage, then it's because you either don't know what prayer is, which is ignorance, and that might be a good excuse, or Satan has convinced you that prayer really isn't powerful. Because why would you neglect to pray if you knew what it is and believed it to be powerful? Well, there's so much more I could say from this passage, but I'm going to end with this. In 13 days, a very important election will be held in our country. And it might even be said to be of historic significance. So I encourage you to roll up your sleeves, get down to your polling station, and exercise your God-given right, your constitutional right, to vote. But before you do, spend time in supplication, in prayer, in intercession, and thanksgiving before God. Yes, do your research, but don't let your research substitute your Christian responsibility to pray. Pray for the election. Pray for the candidates. Pray for good men and women to be placed into office. Pray that they will be a force for positive change in our land. And if you do, then Satan won't be winning in your life. You'll have him on the ropes looking for relief from the thrashing your prayers bring to him. Okay, well, enough of that. Let's go to the Lord now in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the instruction that Paul gives to Timothy and thus ultimately to us uh, about the need to pray for everyone, but especially for those who are in governmental leadership. I pray that we would uh, take note of these various kinds of prayer and that we would seek to practice those ways um, as it relates to everyone, yes, but also toward um, our government and those who lead or those who might be uh, uh, able to lead in the days to come. Father, I do pray for the election. I pray that you would bring to the top those leaders who um, are of a godly mind and of a constitutional mind. I pray that you will uh, rally people to vote in that way and that uh, we will see a strong uh, 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 godly and uh, uh, constitutional leadership for our country in the days ahead. We definitely need you because, well, things are falling apart. I pray that uh, you would use us to not only roll up our sleeves and do something physical, but to also get on our knees and pray. And as we do, may we find you uh, working in powerful ways. Lord, we commit these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Sunday, we are going to close Romans 11, and we're going to be looking at verses 33 through 36. And the title of the sermon is, To Him Be All Glory. So I hope to see you on Sunday. I look forward to our children joining us for worship, and I encourage you to have a great day.